welcome to a special episode of The Drip. Um, this is our driplet on the white card by Claudia Rankine. Um, we, uh, by which I mean Todd and I, just saw the play done right here at the Penumbra Theatre in uh, St. Paul. And it was amazing, and we have a lot we want to talk to you about. So I'm Adriana, I teach at Carleton College in English and American Studies, and with me is... I'm Todd Morris, and I teach at the we are totally doing a traditional uh, driplet today, right, Todd? Because we're here at Nina's Cafe in St. Paul. Yes. We've got all the like sounds of the cafe again. Yeah, this is like the old days when we were back on uh, the, what was the name of that coffee shop? The Lake Street Coffee. Oh, it closed. Yeah, RIP. <laughs> So bad. <laughs> but Niners, there's no chance that Niners is going out of business. This place is packed full of people who are totally knowing that Niners. <laughs> but they're going to learn a lot about the white card. <laughs> so look. <laughs> okay, so I don't know how we're going to get started talking about this. Um, so I think the thing that we said we really wanted everyone to hear about, because you can go back to our drip on the white card and hear what we thought of the play as a play, right? We were reading the book. Um, we wanted to talk about what it, what's the difference once it's put on the stage and the feeling that we got in the theater especially and I think Todd you mentioned you really wanted to make sure we had time to talk about what it means to see this play in St. Paul um, with a predominantly white audience. Yeah, because I think that uh, the play, I don't know if I'm right about this, but I feel like the play was meant for a white audience. Yes, I think it is. I mean, yeah. it's not a play that a black audience can see. There were black people in this audience. There were people with various races in this audience, but it was primarily a black audience, which is not unusual. A white audience. Oh, sorry, a white audience, which is not unusual for a number theater, um, even though it's a, a, a black uh, a theater. Um, well, and as we left, you said, I think this is the first time I've seen a play at the Penumbra, and there hasn't been a standing ovation. Yeah. And, and I said, and I don't know, I might be wrong, but I said, I think they're stunned. And in fact, the two women right next to us, um, they certainly like sat there kind of uh, completely overwhelmed as the play ended. Yeah. Ended. I've been to a lot of plays at Penumbra. And actually, it's kind of a thing that annoys me a lot. It's, I think it's kind of a, I don't know, it's a Minnesota thing or not. I'm sorry. I might do some Minnesota bashing. I don't know. Bashing strongly. You but, finished a play, go you! <laughs> yeah, well, yeah I mean, I've been to so many plays there, and almost always, everyone gets up and stands and does a standing ovation. And I'm like, well, then what is a standing ovation? Like, you're, you're diminishing the value of a standing ovation if you get everybody to see a standing ovation. Although I would say that, like, a lot of times in good plays, but I've seen some plays I didn't think were really good. People jumped up and gave a standing ovation. But this time, no one did. Actually, there's one person. I saw one person way in the back who was standing okay. by themselves clapping. But everybody else, usually one person stands up. Everyone stands everyone up. Everyone will stand up. But one person stood up and they resisted it. And they, they applauded and there was lots of applause, but nobody stood up. So I think you're right that it's, it's especially the way the play ends, is pretty stunning. And people were, maybe they didn't know if it would be not appropriate to jump up and start something or something like that. I wonder if this is related to, um, so in the first half of the play, there's a lot of kind of, it's uh, humor, but it's also very biting, right? Like, you're learning a lot about whiteness through Virginia, especially, but also through, you know, you have Virginia, the mother, who's like, 
um, the white woman who thinks she's not racist, but it's because she doesn't see color. Um, and then you have Alex the son who uh, thinks he's trying not to be racist because he's engaged with Black Lives Matter, etc. But he's a whole other sort of kind of way of managing white privilege. Right? Um, and you had mentioned earlier when we were talking that um, that the laughter in the first half seemed to also be kind of like this strange laughter, right? That's just about uh, escape valve, a release valve. Release valve. Yeah. yeah, I think that, so, again, this is a kind of familiar kind of thing when you see plays that deal with race, gender, things like that, and sort of uncomfortable social kind of realities. Um, that people laugh at weird places, or maybe places that weren't intended to be funny, or they're laughing because they're just generally like uncomfortable about what's going on. And there's a little bit of that in this play. Although, I mean, I have to be honest and say, like, there were points where I was laughing, where I think I was also signaling, like, I know, I'm like, I'm on, I'm on one of the insiders. I know what's going on. And I, I think about that with myself as I do that um, when I see plays a lot of times. Just kind of signaling like, you know, Well, did you feel like you had your, you heard your other kind of like insiders? It was you. I just looked over at you. We did have these moments where we're like, oh. Well, because like watching the play is a completely different thing than reading it, and we had talked so much about, um, you know, this character um, uh, Charlotte, who is this black artist, um, and who's being wooed by this white, you know, business owner, but he's also got a foundation going, right? Like, but I don't think either of us had really kind of. Um, understood what it would feel like to see her black body in the middle of this very, very white space. Yeah. Their home and then also of this kind of like social setting. Yeah, well can I talk just a little bit too, I mean, just uh, an addendum to that yeah. before you start talking about that. Oh no, you go for it. Yeah, like what the stage looked like. Yeah. I mean the stage was, I I think we both sat down and were like, wow, we've been to number a lot and we've never seen the stage like this. Um, it was all white. Um, it was the, the sort of the back of the stage kind of really um, stretched around almost beside where the audience was sitting. Yeah. And then there were these um, panels that where art could be projected and also could have video on them. And so there were probably like five or six of those. I, I want to say five. Yeah. yeah. And so those could have different pieces of art projected on them at different places. And then all the furniture, so it's meant to look like a New York City apartment, and all the furniture was white, and the floor was white, and the walls were white. Everything was white. white right? The dishes were white. The, the dishes, napkins were white. Every, every single thing was white in the room. So then when a black person walked into the room for the first time, Pretty stark, pretty, pretty shocking. You notice something that you probably didn't notice in the book because everything in the book you had to really imagine what it looks like, except for the art, which you get you know, pictures of in the, in the text itself. There's something very different about seeing that art projected on the stage. I'm going to come back to the bodies for a little bit because until you had said that, I hadn't um, really thought about how meaningful it also was to have Charlotte um, 
you know, when she comes in, they offer to take her coat, which I think was maybe black, but she takes it off and she's wearing this beautiful kind of pink patterned outfit. Everyone else on the stage is in really subdued sorts of colors. Um, so whether they're creams or like a leather, black leather jacket, it was all meant to kind of blend in. Monochromatic. It was monochromatic, exactly. And then the other point you made about like the um, the stage extending to the audience, I think is, is absolutely right. Um, and it didn't just extend on the walls where we had the paintings. There was um, a pathway out from the stage um, towards one of the audience um, kind of like stairwells, right? Uh, and in fact, Charlotte came in through the theater door, um, as if through the front door of the apartment. But I think, um, you know, now we can, we can jump to the end in a little bit, but I feel like uh, thinking about the beginning, the whole play is meant to engage the audience and make us feel like we are not only watching something, but we are a part of something, right? We are a part of that dinner party. We are complicit in, um, in what's happening here. Um, whether because we are looking um, or because we have said and performed these kinds of whether whitenesses or, or not before. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, I was going to say too that that feeling of being implicated or being part of that dinner. Um, I don't know. I wonder if people were resisting that or if people really felt because it's very it would be a very uncomfortable to go to a dinner and if you are understanding yourself as being part of this dinner as it's unfolding during the play, who are you? What role do you play? Um, and there isn't a lot of safe space with, you know, within this group of people. You could be Charlotte and maybe that would mean that you're sort of like not a bad person or something. But if you're Charlotte, that means that everything that is coming at you, um, if you're Alex, the son, that could mean that you know, you're, you're trying to change the world, trying to do something um, that you, you, and you have political commitments. But also it could mean that you're kind of like overstepping your bounds. I mean, there's all these sort of ways. Well, in the way that we see, I feel like um, watching the play, it, it heightened for me the sense that Alex that, that some of this work he does is a, is a foil for like uh, fighting against his parents for particular reasons, right? That like the fact that his father owns prisons, um, has built prisons, but yet didn't help his brother is actually this big sore that's eating away at him um, and that, that propels him into activism. And the activism is still valuable and it still matters and clearly he's working through stuff. But the, at the heart of it, like at the end of the first act, it still comes back to Alex telling uh, Charlotte, it, you know, like my, my dad didn't help him. Yeah, so that's a, that real personal yeah. response to it. Yeah. I think, um, I, so again, I'm going to drop something else. About. It has something to do with what we're talking about, that being in, not just watching the, the Like I actually, what I wanted to do in the play was I wanted to go around with the tape recorder and ask. Like, oh yes. I don't even know what the question would be. Like, what do you think is not the right question? Um, maybe how 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 does that connect to you? Or what do you have to do with what you just saw? Something like that, because 
I have this kind of gear that you can go, you can see that play, and then you can walk out and not think that you were in that play. Because, you know, the characters like Charles and Virginia. Virginia. Um, that Charles and Virginia are such, like, they're really wealthy, which separates them from most of the people who are, you know, no. most of us. Um, they are these art collectors, and the whole thing is, is a discussion about art, which separates them from you know, most people that we know. Um, there's just so many different ways that they're different, you can sort of separate them from yourself. But I think we're supposed to see ourselves in very much amongst these people. Certainly, the ideas that they're talking about are ideas that affect us in our life. And it gets more difficult, I think, to back away from it in the second part. Because that kind of comedy goes away. That kind of. Sort of right. ridiculousness of the characters. Like and I wouldn't call it comedy, but the easy the easy externalization of some of the ills, right? Like so the the being able to laugh at Virginia goes away. Um, yeah, the 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 play um, has a claustrophobia to it, you know, in the second act. Because in that first act, it starts out and we get all those characters and all these different ways of trying to navigate what white privilege is. And there's, in, it seems like willingness to learn even, right, on the parts of various characters at the same time that there's a resistance, right? Um, but because that first act... I, I'm struggling to explain exactly what I mean, but um, the the play, when we read it, I don't think I fully fathomed the absolute power of how it ends this tableau with all of these white people arguing, right? And in the, the uh, play that we just saw, like they kind of heightened the frames around with red. So we see them fighting in the background and in the foreground on top of this terrible art piece of the autopsy um, of Michael Brown. Um, we see Charlotte lay herself down on top of it, and they don't even notice for a full, I don't know, like, yeah, I mean, it felt forever. I don't know how long it actually was. And so there's a way in which um, watching it on stage really, um, I felt in my body this tension as it was so much about them that they actually had forgotten to look. All, all this time they're saying, look at those bodies. Right. And now when they actually had a woman, a real person, in their living room, they didn't see her. And that's like the point of the whole play. Right? Exactly. And I think even, I think uh, Alex says that at one point, right? Like, you collect all these images of dead black bodies, but you don't pay attention to real people in their living room. And I think there's that element of it, but then there's also that Charlotte is saying to um, Charles, look at me, see me, you know, and don't just see the work that I'm creating as a means to something else, as a way to make yourself sort of feel some certain way, or to be able to tell yourself that you're doing something in the world and see me, and see the, end, see the relationship between us. Right, right. Because at the end, that's what's really the biggest part of it, right, is the relationship between the two of them. I think, um, I love like, the, both the text, the written text itself, and the play. I love it for the way that it engages this notion of um, 
the racial imagination, which is kind of a difficult concept to sort of kind of put your finger on. But they really, in their conversation in the second act, um, they get at it. I mean, I think they get at what that means in that whole sense of her, where she says, you know, Charles, we are all familiar. Um, Charles, we all have these ways that affect, have ways in our minds that affect the way that we engage each other, right? So we to get past that. But in order to get past that, we have to recognize what those things are and really see them. Um, we can't see that, we can't see each other. I think it's really beautiful about the second act too is you know like the first act does feel like there's kind of these stereotypical figures or like right we, we get to laugh and push them off but the second act they're both really complex characters and you're not allowed to you know either find either of them heroic or anti-heroic um charlotte had to go through the same kind of figuring out what this racial imagination was that she had so that in the first act, she'd been doing work that in the second half she has to um, reject and realize that she was playing into um, a particular uh, aestheticized expectation for the black body in black art. Um, and so they are, and they're tied together, we talked about this in our other podcast about the white card, um, by uh, this relationship to the art, through their names, which are kind of like mirror gendered images of each other, through the relationship to place, Charleston and Charlottesville, um, and through the way those places are imbricated in a history of the United States and a history of slavery and a way in which whiteness and blackness are forever linked um, through that really uh, materialized history. And she, she talks about it, right? Being in their bodies. Get to, so this gets me back to what I think is like the thing that I want to stress so much about this is that you see that. Yeah. You see it on the stage. I mean, we, we were talking a little bit earlier about, we're not sure, but we think it's like unusual for a play to be published in such a nice sort of package the way that this one is, was before it was ever performed anywhere. And um, that we read it, not even sort of knowing what it would look like, and not really understanding. I don't know. I had many ideas, but I hadn't heard anything like, "Oh, this is where they're doing it in New York City," or "This is right. where they did it at Yale Prep," or whatever. Um, when you see it, and, and you see all these, you know, the, the, um, uh, the spectacle of some of the stuff that's happening, so when you see her lay down inside of that. We were sitting three rows from the stage or something, which that's the way it is at, at the number of the stage. But that was just like gutting. It was. And she's laying there for you know, all that time. Um, when you see the art itself, you know, it changes. In the end, when he's saying, you know, like, is that me? And, you know, is that my skin? And then it's changing and all that kind of stuff. You really, really see it and it really becomes a part of your engagement with the language, whereas in the book, you're reading, you flip back to look at this, they, oh, they mentioned yeah. this piece of art, it's right there in front of you the whole time, it's looking at you from all these different angles, and I thought they were going to, so, put, make each one of those um, frames have a different piece of art and be there the whole time, but they didn't, they changed, they all had the same art, or one had a different one. During the first half, During yeah. the first half, and so they would just change it as they were talking about these different Art, that art would come up into the frames, and um, I thought that was a really, really great way to do that. And so, 
It was really, just like, I think, saw okay. this is what well, and then you were talking about, in, in the second act, we get um, Charlotte's photographs, um, both uh, from her new exhibit, which Charles is angry about, right? This is why he's like, come to her studio, um, which are of um, white skin, right? Uh, so we get those images, but we also get... Um, these images uh, that she's taken of him as she's wandered around in public spaces, um, trying to make visible whiteness in the spaces where it's kind of taken for granted. Um, and uh, we, I, I don't think we'd realized reading it, like as a play, they can of course make it super specific to the cast, to the places. So we think there were a couple of pictures where the actor is maybe in the walker, it looks like the walker. Um, at the same time that they're talking of these spaces in New York City, but they're making the um, this interaction also really local and recognizable in um, in a way that's very visceral. Another way of connecting it to that um, audience who's there in that yeah. theater at that moment, right? Exactly. Yeah. We're like running a little bit out of time. Yeah. So I don't know what we want to say finally. Like I want to say that um, the play has been a real great success for. Number, I'm saying that as just like someone I don't have anything to do with them. But you, you should go see it. Yes. It's it, a stunning play. It looks like it's selling out. Um, they extended the run, so I think there are still two more weeks left. Today is uh, what, uh, February 23rd. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> it's in that area. And um, so they've extended the run for two weeks, so you can still go see it. I think in fact, when I was in line, picking up our tickets, there was a lady standing there, and one lady came up and got her ticket and said, well, I, I can't use this one, that person didn't show up, and the other lady was like, well, I'll take it, and they had this amazing, like, kind of connection, and yeah, the woman's like, oh, she's been waiting, oh, well, I'll take it, and then they went and sat by each other, and we were all friendly with each other, and it was very nice, so that's awesome. you could still get a ticket, even if it's sold out, just go wait by the next uh, box office. Some, some nice lady will find you, too. fall right into your hands. <laughs> um, I don't know, you want to say anything finally about it? Oh, I, I, I think, you know, we don't want to tell you about the final play image, um, but it's, it's really worth it. Like, I think that the build-up um, and the climax of the play, they do exactly what they're there to do. Well, I guess um, that'll be the end of our discussion. We're going to be back sometime. Hopefully future, in a month or so. Something like that yeah. with another episode. I know we've been a little bit sporadic uh, over the last couple of months. Look, life has been complicated. <laughs> Shit's been going on. <laughs> but we're still doing it. It's not over. We're still doing it. And we love making this for you guys. So uh, we hope that you enjoy this little drip that we tied you over for a little bit more time. Oh, do you want to do what you're reading right now? Oh, what am I reading right now? We're listening to? Well, I'm <laughs> exactly. I'm listening to. I cannot read. <laughs> That's a, a whole other story. Long story. <laughs> um, I am listening to, I'm getting ready to listen to, um, I'll tell you what I'm listening to right now. Um, 47, I'm sure I've mentioned it before when we were you know, doing one of our other uh, episodes. Um, it's by Walter Mosley. Yeah. It's a YA novel about a slave who 
is visited by um, an alien, and it's like, <gasps> my favorite book ever. Oh, I've got to read that. It's so awesome. I love it. And more every time I read it, and this time listen to it and talk about it with my friends. Not my friends, my students. <laughs> Who are not my friends. But they could. But they <laughs> Maybe 10 years from now. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow with something so incredibly not academic. Um, I have found it necessary to um, do a lot of Netflix viewing in the last few months. Um, and let me tell you, the reality show The Circle um, is one of the most amazing things I've ever watched. And sociologists should be just analyzing all of that. Um, the so The Circle. Check it out on Netflix. Okay, you check it out. Yeah. Well, I guess we're done. Until next time, see you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.